Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hello, and welcome to the Publicly Challenged Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Oswald, and I hope you join me on my quest for knowledge to become a better public land hunter, angler, and forager. Stick with this, and who knows, maybe we will learn something together. All right, so I am sitting here, and I am talking to Rochelle Schrute. And uh, would you like to go ahead and introduce yourself for everybody listening? Um, well, as you properly pronounced, my name is Rochelle Schrute. I've been called Rachel a lot on podcasts. <laughs> um, I am the hunt and fish editor at Gear Junkie. I live in Montana. Hunt and fish a lot. Um, two kids, eight dogs. Eight? dogs so like yeah we're down we're down to eight dogs so you're not like a crazy cat lady you're a crazy dog lady mountain lion hounds yeah (laughs) we have lots of different story then different story (laughs) yeah so you guide do you guide mountain lion uh hunts absolutely absolutely not what no I, i don't do it no we just feed them all year and then we run them december january february march april and now they're they can be bear hounds now in Montana. Um, so we did chase bears this year too. So you, okay. For ourselves. You got me, my wheels turning here. So, okay. The hounds, you're a hounds, men, woman, whatever you want to call it. If we're going to be PC, um, <laughs> but, uh, you're running these hounds, but you don't actually hunt the lions. You just, Oh yeah. We chase for ourselves. Or, okay. No, no, no. Yeah, for ourselves, we'll hunt, we'll hunt lions, we'll fill our tags, and then if any friend, it has to be local, like Montana residents have a tag to fill, we run every weekend, and if we don't have someone with a tag to fill, we just run them every weekend. And you just chase the lions just to get them- Chase the lion up a tree, get the dogs, keep them fit, keep them sharp, let the lion go. 
Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> now, say I had a tag. You don't know me, but would you would you take take me and try and track one for me? Are you a Montana resident? Do you have to be a resident for Hounds? If What's you're the deal? not, listen. If you're not a Montana resident, you have to go with an outfitter. Oh, all right. See, I get it now. Yeah, I get it now. That what about bears? What about bears? I don't know. I don't know because it's so new. I've never really looked into it. Okay. All right then. Uh, I don't know. That'd be cool. We shall look into that. Yeah, I've always wanted to use hounds, watch them work for bears. I know in like this. I mean, in Montana, you don't necessarily need the hounds for the bears because it's so wide mm-hmm. open. You can you can sit on a a knob and glass all day. But like Northwoods of Wisconsin, for instance. If you didn't have a bait site or bears, you would not kill a bear. I mean, it would be like a one in a million chance that you would even kill a bear. Yeah, I uh, we've had in-depth conversation about hunting hounds with bears in this little bubble. Or hunting hounds with bears. Hunting bears with hounds. Because um, it is unne- it's unnecessary here. We definitely don't need yeah. it. I feel like in northwestern Montana, where it is just dense and I see an application there. Here, it just... It makes it easier, that's for sure. Yeah. So let's get into a little bit of the background now that you sidelined me and I had to know about <laughs> these hounds. But uh, so you run hounds. Uh, what What's kind of like your background in the outdoor space? Where Where did, but let's go back. Where did it start for you? Was it as a child? Where did, where did it start? Yeah. So it kind of, it, roller coaster history. Um I, my family, we had a little subsistence farm, um, in the rattlesnake wilderness, Northwestern Montana, um, kind of between Missoula and Frenchtown, um, broke. So we hunted and fished. Um, we would raise, we'd have a cow or, you know, some, we'd have some livestock, um, but we couldn't afford to eat it. So <laughs> yeah, we, we, we hunted. Um, so for us, it was just, it just made sense. Like it was just the, that was how we grocery shopped and we filled the freezer and we'd, and not, we definitely didn't hunt the way that I hunt now. Um, it was much more grocery shopping. We all go out, we all have tags. Most cow elk, I would say is the bulk of what we ate. Um, we'd fill the freezer and that's just how we ate. So that's just how I was raised. And then as I got a little bit older, we started to cut our wild game with pork and things. We got fancy. Um, and then I became an adult and I didn't do it at all. I mean, it was like I fly fished um, as an adult. I got married, kids. And then there was like a 10 to 15 year window where I didn't do it just because of strange and unfortunate relationship dynamics. And then when those relationship dynamics ended, it was a sudden throwback to like my childhood of oh shit, I don't have the money to fill this freezer. Okay. So it's right back to borrowed rifle and Carhartts and fill the freezer with B-tags. So that's that's how I got back into it. So it's been, I don't know. It's been a necessary and kind of beautiful reintegration into my entire childhood and like my family's life and how I was raised. And then I had this blip of time where I was like removed from it. And then thrown back into it in like an unfortunate but super pure way where I just needed, we just needed the meat. My kids were big and they never stopped eating. So they just, <laughs> we just needed the meat. My kids and consume then from, a lot of meat as well. It is ridiculous. Oh, it's just wild. Yeah. They just never stop. 
yeah and then it, it kind of evolved um from that my daughter actually i can blame my job pretty much on my daughter um we went out on her first hunt she was 12 and there was a buck a a mule deer buck and i was looking at onyx and i was like we'd have to corner cross to get to that buck and i feel like one of those landowners would absolutely tell us no and be real frustrated and i didn't know the laws super well at the time and so it was like this learning moment for her and i i like tried to explain it to her the best i knew and i said you know what it's up to you whether i don't know if it's i don't know if it's technically legal or not she ended up not shooting the buck then we went home and we spent all night like researching and learning that it's just well at the time and still it was such a gray area and then immediately i was like pissed off that like this weird political gray area stopped us from putting meat in the freezer and then from there it was just like i was volunteering at every conservation organization i could find i was like testifying in helena i was just i was ticked i was just like peeved about it just evolved from there and i've always been a writer so then that just sort of i don't know so what did what did you used to write if it wasn't outdoor stuff what was it so this is like funny um i'm a proud college dropout i do not have a journalism degree i didn't major in english i uh in the seventh grade i wrote a final science report for 20 bucks which 20 bucks now is good money 20 bucks in the 1990s was sick money um and i got that 20 bucks and i was like wait i could do this so through high school i've just always been a writer so it just like came easy to me through high school through college it was side cash so it was just always like my side cash came so from writing. So you're saying side cash like writing papers for people or like for people? Oh, well, that's cool. <laughs> side you cash know. for writing, yeah, just writing papers, theses. I mean, like you name it, I wrote it through all the way through college. That's and then I did some ghostwriting for a friend of mine who was like a little behind and was like not meeting deadlines, and I was like, "Cut me a little bit of your paycheck, and I'll write it for you." And then word of mouth, then it was like two buddies of mine and then a friend of theirs. And then it just sort of snowballed. And then I wrote a couple of articles under my own name just because the pay was a little better. And then it just is what it is now. It just continued to snowball into somehow I'm sitting as editor, which is just a weird, it's so strange to go from, it's such a dirtbag start to like roll into like my, I don't know. Yeah, my hardest thing. Yeah, I mean, it, your heart, your heart was in it the whole time. Yeah, like, I loved for it. Me, I love writing, and I love the outdoors. Yeah. So, I am not a writer. I have a very hard time writing, unless it's something I'm super passionate about. But even then, I'm so anal that I will, I will take five minutes instead of, and I, and I've been working on it to where I just jot down all of my ideas just like puke it out onto the paper and then go back and tweak it. Because if I don't do that, I'll spend 10 minutes trying to find the perfect wording on something. And it takes me like six hours to write, you know, 600, whatever, 400 words. It's oh, crazy. Yeah. I'm, I'm the same way. I've gotten better now. Now I'll actually like write something and be like, it's good enough. And I will put it out. 
but I used to be hypercritical. It would just drive yeah. me nuts. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how to get around that other than just try and put all my thoughts down first and then just go back and work through it. And that's hard for me to do. Very hard. <laughs> and then my ADD takes over and just totally scatters everything anyway. So then it's like, yeah, oh, I you know what? Maybe I should change this to this. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's pretty rough. But I I don't know. Maybe I, I've been told by a lot of people that I need to focus more on that. Do you have any tips on that to like focus on the writing and, and um, work on it? I would say, which is advice I need to give myself, is just write more often on stuff that you don't have to write. I write, I used to, at least three three pieces a week, whatever that meant. It would be like Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I would write something that I knew no one was going to read. Just because then there's you remove that pressure of like, what are people going to think of this? And I would just write something for me. I used to burn them, which is such like a teenage girl thing to do. Like I would write something <laughs> in there. Um. And now I'll just, I'll write something, just fill out like a Word document, and then I will read it back to myself, and I'll be like, that was either great or it was terrible, and then I delete it. Um, and I feel like that has made me a better writer, just because I remove the pressure. Um, and then there's other things, like I've got a side thing that I work on, that I, in the evenings, if I can't sleep, I write. Um, and then I'll wake up the next morning, and I'll be like, wow, that was trash. Or it's great. Um, and that's made me a lot better writer, too. Hmm. Interesting. So, okay, you're writing papers in high school. You you progress in life, and then eventually you end up your job. You're pissed off about all the legislation. What'd you do from there? I mean, somebody say, "Hey, you want a job?" Where, where did that go? Um. So I volunteered a lot. There was a couple of years where I feel like, man, I was not making any money. Uh, I was really like scraping to get by, but I was spending every penny I made driving to like i was pulling fence for you know migratory pathways because that would tick me off and then i was like going to helena and testifying against something that just didn't make sense to me and then i'd spend all my time reading and researching and figuring out like the history of this bill and what does this one mean and and whatnot and then backcountry hunter or backcountry hunters and anglers reached out to me i don't even remember the evolution of that but I was a volunteer with them for a while, and then they offered me a position on the Montana board, which I took, um, and that was great. That, like, fulfilled my need to do something good. Like, it was, there was, a, I was doing plenty good, but I wasn't, as one person, what impact do you have? Like, when you have an organization behind you, I feel like you can get a lot more accomplished. Um, and so I did that for a while. And then while I was doing that, I was also working in construction, general contracting. I was a designer. Um, and then writing at night just so I could get my bills paid. And then it sort of, the conservation aspect sort of ebbed away. And I didn't have the time to keep up with it. And I couldn't dedicate enough time to it. And my writing started to pick up where it was like little freelance gigs and ghostwriting gigs were now taking a lot more of my time. And then I got to like, not to say midlife crisis, but on a Tuesday in April, I quit my job because I hated it so much I that I was like, wow, I really, and it was too. It was like, I called and I was like, can't do this anymore. Here's blueprints. Here's where I've started. I'm just done. I just can't do this anymore. And then the day that I quit, 
I got an email. It was like a mass spam email from a guide company out of Yellowstone looking for wilderness guides in Yellowstone Park the day I quit. And I was like, well, that's my job now. So then I like went in, talked to those guys, did that. Um, so I did that during the days um, through like tourist season and then rode at night. And then the writing just kept picking up and picking up and picking up and to a point where it was a full-time gig. Interesting. And now I don't guide anymore because I moved to central Montana and it's just too far away. I do miss it, but yeah. Do you, yeah. uh, do you ever feel like you want to just quit what you're doing now and start a little farm and, uh, name it Shroot Farms? I mean, <laughs> I don't know if you're looking at my surroundings. It's not far from that. <laughs> we raise like chickens and turkeys and. Right. I do as well. Yeah. But I'm just, yeah. I'm just poking at you there with the whole shrew farms thing no one's ever made that joke before i i couldn't imagine that they have it wouldn't it wouldn't make any sense hey do you want the exclusive scoop on my last name i don't know that i've ever told anyone this on record let's hear it all right so shrewd it's kind of a notorious last name um and it's entirely made up so <laughs> there i was going through a divorce which whatever it happens to everybody right <laughs> And my daughter at the time was like, are you keeping your last name? And I was like, no, no, I don't think I want to do that. So then she goes, oh, so you're going to go back to your other last name? And I was like, ugh, that feels gross. That feels like a failure, right? You're like going back to your this person that I used to be and I'm not anymore. So then I was like, no, maybe we should just pick a new name. And I was like, my signature has never changed. It was my maiden name was Schmidt. My married name was Schleining. So I was like, stick with that SEH thing. You guys think of something. And I came home from work one day and my son was watching the office, laying on the floor, eating straight out of a tub of ice cream and said, you should be a shrewd, which was a total joke. But then we got, (laughs) we're sitting there filling out paperwork on like the final day, everything's being finalized. And there was a blank spot which I didn't think I had to decide that day what my last name was going to be. And so I just wrote Shrewd in and that was it. There it is. Oh, there it is. But we looked it up. It's literally a made up name. There's like no history to it. There's got to be Shrewd somewhere. There has there's to be. Like... There's 101 Shrewds the last time I looked and they've all existed within the last like 15 years. Hmm. The word has there's no. Not like an there's like Amish no... Shrewd. Somewhere. There's, there's no like, like background to it. It seems like Schroeder, Schroot, all those names would be like. It feels like a real last name. And now it is. It like is now it's last. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So technically, you and Dwight are like cousins or something. Third cousins at best. Uh, second. I did have maybe my first cousins. Uh, <laughs> I mean, maybe. I mean, the man, the man can run a farm. That he can. Yeah, so there you go. That's why I'm a shrewd now. And I love it. It's such an ugly... It's like, even as as someone who works with words every day, the word shrewd is such a crass well, kind of short, ugly word. It's, it's brief yeah. and abrupt shrewd. It's, yeah, it's... I dig it. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Not to segue, but... So, yeah. yeah, you know what? I'm glad you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> that is... I made up last name. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> man, so, where do we go? From, I how do we get back? Track? Well, so yeah, we'll just get back into, uh, hunting stuff. So then once 
your hunting happened um by necessity at what point did it become more of a luxury or are you still a b-tag hunter no i'm not a b-tag hunter anymore and this is like a man i've had some heavy conversations about this in the last year couple years um somehow i've worked my way into being able to hunt as often as i want so i can hunt the entire season and that removes it's weird i went from this pressure of i lived in mile city which is eastern montana and i worked during the day but i would go out before work and get in that like hour and try and fill a tag or then i would go out after work and try and fill that tag or like my weekends i would like drop the kids off at hockey and then like try and fill that tag and now i i don't have two nickels to rub together so it's not like i'm going on these extravagant hunts but i do have time and i now have a job that is like my job is to hunt and fish and then right. test the gear of hunting and fishing. Yeah. So it's like, now I have all this time that I'm not, it's not a necessity because I know I'll fill a tag. I have the luxury of time that most people don't have. And so now I still only eat, if I'm eating meat, it's going to be wild game. Um, I have a weird, I don't know if you can call it an allergy, but I have a weird reaction to beef. I've always have. And I don't know if it was just because I wasn't raised eating it or what, but it just, my tongue swells up. It's just a weird whatever. So I just don't eat beef. So all of my game that I, or all my meat that I consume is wild game. But our freezers are full. Like I, I'm, I'm not food insecure as I once was. Um, so now I'm pickier, which is interesting because, you know, you get into that, the word trophy hunting, right? I had someone ask me if I was a trophy hunter and I was like, no, no, I'm, I eat everything that I hunt. And then this was like two years ago. They were like, have you passed up an okay buck hoping that a bigger one would come by? And I was like, well, yeah, yeah, everyone has. Why? If you're not a trophy hunter. And I was like, gut stab, wait. Yeah. Cause I would prefer I That's would a bigger bias though. Just because okay, you know what? It's your tag. You know what I Yeah. Hunt it how you want. You can't say that that's trophy hunting. And everybody is oh, in a different place. It depends on your place. definition of trophy. Depends on your definition of trophy. Oh, absolutely. But I mean, I mean <laughs> I don't But yeah, I mean, I still feel B tags just because it's there's just a lot of hunters now. Yeah. Like I'm a, we have three hunters, four hunters in the house. So it's like, yeah, we're going to, we're going to fill the freezer. But at the same time, like I'm not going to shoot the first bowl that I see this year. Depends. You telling me if unless like, it's like a three sixty or three eighty walked right by you, you'd wait for a four hundo or what? Oh no, <laughs> no three and it's down. Yeah. I'm not if it's a raghorn it's down yeah, for me if it's legal it's down yeah but then again i'm in a different place right so like yeah never actually taken an elk been elk hunting never taken an elk so for me living in the midwest it's a totally different game and then to totally me that's a trophy right and people yeah. can judge me all they want i don't care i'm at the point in age in my life where i could give zero f's what other people think how beautiful is that that's something we should talk about the beauty of being like i look at these like 
20 somethings that have something to prove and they're just like no man that's nauseating no thank you hard pass but it is a great feeling knowing that i don't care i don't care what people think about any of that kind of stuff now i'm not going to go out of my way to offend people because that's just not me there are some people some people tend to go (laughs) out of their way to offend you by some of the stuff you post now I don't know if they're attacking you because you're pretty and they think you're just a pretty face that because of that is how you got into the hunting world or if it's because they're jealous of your successes. Um, I've never really had to think about that because it's not me, but I've seen some things that have gone on on social media and some particular individuals um, that uh, have definitely come after you pretty hard. I think it's funny that you actually engage with them. (laughs) Well, and that's the thing that I think, I don't know if, again, I assume I'm small. I'm like a small human. And for the most part, I think when I run into people, they assume that I'm also younger than I am. And so I think they think they're going to get under my skin when in reality, I don't care. So then it becomes this like fun, this fun thing, like, sure, I mean, give me your best. It's not going to bother me. I'm going to just run with it. I'm going to make a mockery of it. I'm probably going to make a mockery of you. Your feelings are the ones that are going to get hurt in this scenario because they just don't care. Except for Um, one person in particular that I know of that his feelings don't get hurt. Oh, (laughs) I was like, who? Make hunting great again. Oh, we're tight. Okay. Are you for real, though, know, or what? I mean, I, I don't think we've spoken in a couple weeks. Okay. But yes. <laughs> in a we couple have just, weeks. We have, yeah, we have, yeah. We have no qualms. Okay. All right. Yeah. I know the two of you have went back and forth quite a bit. Oh, oh we have. He's an um, abnormally I, large human, by the way. Like if, he is an abnormally if large you, human. Have you ever met him in person? I think we've we've i think we've exchanged passing glances across the room and that was the extent like the dude sits at a table and his knees are above the table yeah he's a big dude which <laughs> and I'm then a you're t- like I'm a tiny human. <laughs> that's most people i meet or people would be like isn't he like a big guy like everybody's kind of a big guy if you're gonna ask me i don't know at, at certain point everybody's bigger than me that's funny but yeah so anyway people like that that troll you now it's probably not that big of a deal but at first i i just watched it and i was like holy crap where's this gonna go yeah um i mean i think there's the only times that something not even gets under my skin but when something's like misconstrued and someone like presents me as a human that i'm not then that like that like great example there was a dig which i don't know how in the world but he like dug back and found one picture of me. Was it the stupid me. hat in the hot springs? Was that the yeah, one? Yeah, stupid hat in the hot springs. It's like the closest you can get to a bikini picture of me. I'm in a Nike one-piece swimming suit because I'm a mom. <laughs> Wearing like a flannel hat in a hot spring. And that was like the most risque thing <laughs> that he could dig up. And I was like, you're trying to present me like I'm some weird 20-something. An insta-thought. Um, yeah 
<laughs> like that I'm like making money on Instagram, which I still don't understand how that works. But some I haven't gotten a check yet. Apparently, some people do. I have. Apparently, some people do. Like they apparently there are people I know that make a ton of money doing it, and I'm like I. I don't more power to you, but I think that's how he was presenting me. And I was like, yeah, I feel like we should probably have a discussion because I am yeah. not those things. Although I will say you have upped your reels game lately. Stepping it up. Yeah, I've upped my the reels. Game. What have I upped your reels game on Instagram? Oh, listen, this is fun. All right. So I am not te- technologically inclined. Um, I'm a writer in a dry cabin. And once I learned that I could make memes and figured out how to do it, I don't have a social life. That's entertainment for me. I just sit and make myself laugh. And then I'm like, wait, somebody else might think this is funny. Yep. And it turns out other people think it's funny, too. See, you're going to get I'm paid. Doing... You're going to get paid. Insta paid from your reels. I don't still don't know how that works, but I highly doubt yeah. it. No, I've talked to some people and it's pretty weird how that works. And like for a while there, they'll they'll let your reels go and you'll get paid quite a bit of money and then once that initial whatever wears off it's like they tweak it on you and you get like pennies on stuff for a while yeah Yeah. it's kind of crazy it's not worth it to me i I saw some of them they are pretty funny um thanks yeah i just every once in a while i get on that kick and i like doing them but a lot of times man i just I don't even care to post on social and I don't want to consume it that much either. So it's like I get an yeah. aversion to it every once in a while to where like I took a break even from this podcast and I did almost a two month break and it was hard coming back because it yeah. was just so different. I There was days where I wouldn't even look at my phone and I'm thinking to myself like, do I want to go back to this? So dreamy. See, I feel like right now, August June and August are like my really slow months where I don't really do much. Like I don't have much going on for work. I don't go do anything because the weather's miserable. I didn't hunt. I didn't put in for an archery tag for antelope this year. So I have nothing. So I was just like, sit around. Um, That's when I end up being like active. And then (laughs) man, September rolls around. Yeah. My phone's probably not going to be charged most of the time. So it's just not. Um, as being a writer, have you had to learn photography? Kind of. I'm, I'm so bad at it. I, there's been a lot of discussion on, of sending a photographer with me this year because I'm even, I don't know. I have friends that like film their own hunts. Like they self film. Yeah. And I'm just not, I'm not that guy. I bring I'm the not camera gonna... and then it yeah. stays in the truck or the I truck. bring it and I set it up. And then I forget to turn it on. Like I did a boar hunt, speared a boar, forgot to turn the camera on. <laughs> That's kind of brutal. <laughs> I thought it kinda... like I thought it was on, so I hit it, and all I did is like power it on because it was was not even powered on. And then so we were stalking up, and I actually pulled out two arrows and was going to like jump on the back of one and get all this like awesome footage, and then nothing i look back at the camera and i'm like oh no that wasn't even recording so man i'm pretty that's like gut-wrenching that's gut-wrenching when you think that you're recording it and then you don't yeah it It was pretty bad i was like oh it's gonna be awesome footage and then there was zero footage (laughs) you know some of like 
some of my coolest hunts or like most memorable hunts are absolutely on film they'll never see the they'll just never see the light of day it's just not for anybody but the people that were present and me when i get older and my kids when they can be like she was cool was it an amazing (laughs) photographer that filmed these hunts there were a few of them. Yeah. Yep. There was like okay. incredible photographers, okay. videographers. I, yeah. I might know of one, but. Uh, probably. <laughs> you may. Some of them. One of the photographers in general has an entire file of, I don't like being on camera. So he has an entire file of photos of me glaring at the camera because I would turn around and there'd be a camera in my face and it would just take me off. So I'm like, I am hunting. Why are you pointing a camera at my face? But didn't you want the, I mean, you wanted it on film, right? Well, yeah. I don't know that I would say I wanted it on film. There just happened to be a camera around at the time. Okay. All right. I feel like a lot of my, a lot of my excursions into the woods where there's cameras around, the cameras aren't, necessarily there for me i just happen to be also hunting in this scenario um i do a real good job of avoiding them <laughs> i'm <laughs> my dad called and he was like i'm pretty sure sh- i'm watching i'm sitting here watching tv and i'm pretty sure you're standing in front of me on the sportsman's channel and i was like am i standing in front of you or am i off to the side <laughs> looking in the corner because <laughs> i've got i'm off to the side looking in the corner um, so I've done a pretty good job of avoiding it, which is why like this year with my job, it's so silly that I don't, it would be so helpful if I did like have just a camera guy. But like, are you a like, decent photographer then or no? Like, have you learned yeah. enough? I did. I, at one point, I think I was a decent photographer and now an iPhone takes an amazing photo. It's true. So it's like, and for what I do, like most of the photos that I need are gear centered photos. Yeah. Like an iPhone takes an amazing photo. So yeah. it's like, I feel like I, I should get better, but know how to frame the shots well, but just oh, yeah. not run the camera right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Like I have a, I have a point and shoot. I have the, the greatest camera. Here's a little tip for everyone. I'm not sponsored nor going to make any money from this little sales pitch, but the Nikon P1000 point and shoot digital zoom camera if you don't know how to use a camera will take an amazing photo it will take a photo of an elk at a thousand yards and you it's just amazing camera that's the way to do it point and shoot i'm not a photographer so so is a point and shoot is that a fixed lens like a variable fixed lens or can you change out lenses on it fixed camera lens okay yeah and it's great it's just great okay and it's like a thousand bucks yeah which in the camera world a good lens you can't get for a thousand bucks no I spent money on Sony stuff that I still don't understand how to run. Yeah. And it's super complicated. Like Canons are way easier to run, but uh, Sony is adaptable if you can just figure it out. And I'm not there yet. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm just a knuckle dragger though. So that makes sense. Um, But I see, I saw that you were hanging out with Laura Zara a little bit, shooting some content for some stuff. Is that something that's coming up in the future or is that just two chicks hanging out? That, doing... that was two chicks hanging out in the woods. Okay. So do you <laughs> do any foraging stuff uh, with Laura? I I do not. So Laura and I just recently met. Um, we connected at a media event, um, which is why we were out in the woods. Um, and then it was 
this sudden realization that we live like a stone's throw away from each other and we do all of the same stuff um so now we are homies which is great because there are not a lot of people especially women in my area that do the stuff that i do or that want to be like hey let's go morels are crazy this year let's just go pick them all and eat them all until we can't move um so that's kind of rad yeah she's an incredible human being so let's get in do do you do a lot of foraging or is it uh kind of limited to your knowledge but now that you have that resource like laura is that going to change into something else maybe i mean it depends on how often we get to hang out okay uh but we do forage a lot yeah we do not i wouldn't say we're not foragers per se um but as soon as my mushroom foragers i would say is the bulk of what we forage so king's uh, bolites there are some bolites in this area we're in if you look at the map like the little like mushroom map of montana there's one little hot spot dead in the center and that is where we were at so we have oysters we harvested so many oyster mushrooms that i was like sick of eating oyster mushrooms this year i bet we harvested a thousand morels this year if not more there were morels in the yard you know, yeah, we're just covered. That's the one thing. So in the Midwest, we only have one morel season. We can't follow elevation up and then Ugh. just keep chasing them. Or we also don't have the burn morels you guys have. You know, we yeah. get we get black morels, but it's not like we can't just chase burns to go get them. So little jealous there. But I have to say, like, I'm not even that big of a morel fan anymore. I found so really? many other mushrooms. Like, I would rather eat oysters than a morel anymore. I don't know why. It depends. Like a golden oysters are great. Golden oyster or something like that. Or, like, you don't have them, but we do. So, haha, <laughs> hen of the woods or maitake mushrooms yeah. are freaking awesome. Those are still, like, my favorite. And then chanterelles, which you guys probably do have. But Yeah, we do. Um, yeah. And you could probably chase those up in elevation, too. So, that's not really that yep, cool sure either. Yeah, sure can. <laughs> And you guys have King Valides. So I, to me, like a porcini is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, so part of my little, little side projects is I've been trying to inoculate. We have this real marshy area on our property because we have a lot of water. Um, and we have a real temperate climate. So it's, we're in a little bubble in central Montana where like we're a little plains, a little grasslands, a lot of mountains, um, in this kind of, not a bowl, but more of a big valley. Um, so mushrooms grow better here than anywhere else in the state that I've ever found. And so I've been like getting spawn plugs and like trying to bring in some hardwoods. I'm like trying to create a fake environment to grow mushrooms because I feel like it will happen here. So I you're feel saying like have the... bring in hardwoods as in like plant trees? No, like dead, like logs, oh, okay. oak okay. logs. Like we don't have hardwood trees here. Like so we just don't, they don't grow here. few things. I've gone into full-on mushroom nerd and actually like take my own cultures and then grow same okay so you take cultures of like wild mushrooms and then grow them on an agar plate and then take that and go it into grain spawn i will say though the plugs don't work mm -hmm. that good they work yeah that's what so that's what I tried just because I was being lazy because yeah. I'll like make my little prints and like yeah. do my swabs and my agar plates and everything. And it always works really well. And then I was like, uh, it'd be a lot easier if I just buy plugs. Yeah, they're not. Um, they're, they suck. Um, yeah. But that's so, what I'm so like if you get the, I don't know the name of it, but the tool that actually takes the sawdust spawn 
though mm-hmm. the sawdust spawn works way better and it colonizes like twice as fast. Good to know. So definitely do that for sure. Yeah. That'll be next spring. Because yep, that's happening. Do that. And then so like if you have a garden, wine cap mushrooms are like the absolute freaking easiest to grow. Really? Yes. And then yeah, so here's a, a little tip. Here's a tip for that. So if you mulch your garden, wine caps are amazing for that. Or you do wine cap beds where you throw down some straw, put cardboard down on the ground, get it all wet, and then do straw and layer it with like uh, sawdust spawn and wood chips and then uh, straw on there too. But if you order one culture syringe, right, for a liquid culture mm-hmm. syringe, you can make your own, this is where it, the nutrient broth for it, right? And then make your yep. own liquid culture and you can get like 100 freaking syringes out of one syringe for like 20 bucks. Yep, that's what I've that's so that's what I've I started out making my prints and doing like my agar plates and then I was like there's got to be just from time because I travel so much I'm like there's got to be an easier way to do this. So then I started buying liquid culture and then I was like the plugs which I haven't gotten anything out of plugs. But yeah, I was like I bet I could I feel like this culture could go a lot further yep, <laughs> than it, it actually does. is. It does. It goes too. forever. Yeah, it's yeah. like an endless supply. Now, they say it only lasts like six months, but so do you take slants and preserve all your stuff too? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Keep them in the fridge and the slant rack. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. I feel like if, if something were to happen to me and nobody knew about what I was doing, it just looks so sketchy. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's total like breaking bad. Syringes yeah. yep. and plates. Yep. And, yeah. I've got yeah, a it looks big, like an underground pharmacy. Big, big <laughs> box of the, from the local farms or the, farm supply of syringes and all that too so yeah yeah just like rubber gloves yep. and bottles of rubbing alcohol so, yeah it looks sketch did you build yourself a laminar box like a, a i hood? did what did so, you build a hood or a still air box so i have i have a couple of different setups so the still air like my mono tubs the still air boxes have been the best that have worked for me and then martha tents just cheap plastic martha tents and then i've got <laughs> It again looks so sketchy, but I have like the fogger system that runs on a little humidity switch, so it kicks on. It's all like automated, so that I can travel and everything's just started and fogged. And yep, yeah. No, I know. Yeah, all about that. I love doing that stuff. It's fun. <laughs> and people it's think one of those things I never like... really talk about, but it's like a big part of my life. Is my like yeah, growing my lion's mane. I have or whatever. recently become a mycophile. I think so. It's weird how it's like it happens fast you're like this is interesting and then all of a sudden you're that guy yeah no i totally get it i actually want to build like a big commercial laminar hood though so like i can do work instead of in a still air box because it's kind of small cramped and so Mm -hmm. i'm looking at getting like four giant hepa filters and making like a whole wall (laughs) rad we've been talking about like we have this whole basement that is like maintains 55 degrees all year round and it's very still and concrete and i was like this would be perfect like we can clear this thing out little cold and just do a whole setup but there's tips for that though so like um if you double tubs up you can actually mm-hmm. grow them in the basement if you double tubs up and put uh, like an aquarium heater in the one tub and have the other tub inside the tub for your fruiting chamber yeah works great yep <laughs> yeah this is a rabbit hole we could go down forever yeah so anyway, okay, so you like growing mushrooms as well as picking them. Are you into any other type of foraging? I'm sure like huckleberries and stuff like that. I mean, that's just native Montana yeah. stuff. 
that's not huckleberries, choke cherries. Yeah, the tip, the typical wild raspberries on occasion. That's about it, yeah. though. No, uh, no wild greens or any of that kind of stuff. You guys get, uh, you have like wild onions or whatever, but you don't have. Uh, I don't think you guys have ramps. Like I don't know if we do or not. Allium trichocum or Allium um, burdickii, I believe. So like one's white, one's red, but it almost looks like a tulip leaf. Freaking awesome. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think we have that. It's tough, just because, especially greens. We're we're either like everything's so dry. Like I feel like people think of Montana and they think like this like beautiful lush whatever, but most of the state is high desert, and then the eastern side of the state is badlands. So it's like. There's not a lot of greenery around for a lot of the year. A couple of months, well, I like think. Right we're, where you're we're at, lot. though, like central. I mean, that's actually, you get the snow melt and stuff, and that's what causes the green up. But Yeah, yeah, but I don't know that we have a lot of native. I'm sure we do. I'm sure we have a ton that I just don't know about. I'm sure there's <laughs> harvestable things I don't know about. Um, but, like, yeah, we don't have, like, ferns or sting nettle, or we don't have any of that stuff that I think a lot of other places have. You've got to have nettles. I don't think we do. I've never seen nettles in Montana. Maybe not stinging nettle, but the, so like wood nettle or something like that, or clear weed, or I guarantee it. Now I'm going to have to look into this, yeah. but I don't, not that I've noticed. Okay. Well, I guarantee it's there. <laughs> but so I, like, I got to ask you something else though, before like we get too side railed again, because I wanted to ask you about it. Um, how often does this happen that you get like crazy stalkers that, uh, <laughs> totally pick up your stuff and <laughs> take real rare that's not normal um i don't understand how the person thought it wouldn't be weird yeah well i think listen i think there are those people that are like he opened it up with like don't think this is weird so he knew he knew it Absolutely. was weird or he would would have opened with don't think this is weird so like it started out weird and then it just devolved to weirder to like wait this is getting uncomfortable and there's like there's some stuff that i did not share publicly because i was just like whoa dude like you should probably talk to somebody and (laughs) understand what is acceptable and not acceptable and like it would have been one thing and i understand i feel like the internet and social media has made people a little we're different because you're you have access to so many people that you would never like i couldn't just like call up bill dance as a kid and be like that was hilarious bud because he was like an uber human that i had no contact with you can contact anyone now like you just have this open access to people so i think people think you you get this feeling that you know somebody right like you know somebody because you like saw that their kid had a birthday last week you know if you you know what they but yeah. 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 So there's like this weird barrier that's been removed. And like, if it were me and I like followed someone on Instagram and saw them at the hotel I was staying with, at, I would probably just be like, hey, what's up? <laughs> like, like wave or like walk over and normal, say, hey, hi. Human interaction. Yeah. Um, but taking a photo of them and then like sending it to them and then the realization of how did you get my phone number which took me a minute i didn't it didn't register to me and this just like showed up in my phone and of course i'm like going about my day and then it was like 
oh, you set your car down on a table in a different day, in a different so, place. I got to ask you, though, set your car down on a table like at a business meeting or like at a business meeting. Okay. I got down to the bottom of it. I figured out. Ex- I know exactly. I know I can picture the dude in my mind just because there was one guy hovering around this meeting and one of the guys i was in a meeting with asked if he needed help and he said nope just uh just looking and i just remember being so weird because he was like hovering around our meeting and it had to be that guy was it like I definitely at, uh, set my like, card what down. was the setting though was it like a, a trade show it, trade or? show okay yeah so there's open access to everybody because yeah. everybody's just running around and the meetings are just like on the floor but yeah the fact that he like lingered long enough and looked at my card with my tiny little font and then memorized my number or wrote it down. You don't think he took, took the card? No, the card stayed at that table because I was giving it to another guy who was digging through his little lanyard looking for his card oh. to like exchange cards. That does make it pretty creepy. It's so creepy. Like any other scenario would have been less creepy. Yeah. So that's where I was like, this is starting to get real weird, bud. Like, you don't think this is weird, but so everyone else thinks this is weird. Do you think he was part, like, he's not in the industry. He was just somebody there that was coming to see the show, or? I asked him, and I think he said he was industry adjacent. Because it's not open to the public. So he would have to, like. Which, wait, what show was it? Uh, iCast, which is oh, a massive okay. yeah, show. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so. Whether he like makes a lure or like he, in some way, yeah, he was associated with the fishing industry. Well, he might be like a YouTube personality or something. Maybe. Maybe he Who just knows? wanted to get you in his kayak. And <laughs> man, I really missed an opportunity there. You did. You know, <laughs> I mean, you could be in one of the backwaters of uh, the Everglades somewhere right now. Man, that sounds safe. You know what, though? At least you had the situational awareness, because most people don't, right? You had the situational awareness, like, once that went on, to actually realize who it was. Most people would not. I don't know that I would have. I wouldn't. I don't think I would have. There's been other scenarios where someone's been like, I stood there and I was waiting to, like, say hi to you or whatever and i was like i did not notice there was another person there it was only weird because the people around me were like can we help you like if i don't think if the guy i was talking to wouldn't have stopped and been like do you need some help i would have not noticed because there's a million people around like i would have never noticed and it's made me situationally aware now because now i'm like leaving a hotel and i'm like looking around like who else is in this room and who is watching and it was a good wake-up call i'm I'm actually kind of grateful it happened because i do travel alone <laughs> a lot grateful it happened. yeah i'm so lax with like i just like travel alone and i'm like very friendly with everybody and i just like toss my number out to wherever and i never pay attention to who i'm around and i just <laughs> I don't know i'm kind of sheltered and i live in a bubble out here and i when i get to like i had a whole other situation that happened that i haven't even i'm writing a story about because it was like it's kind of shaken me a bit but like someone planted an air tag in my backpack in orlando florida 
which is a whole new. So Orlando, Florida is like one of the number one trafficking cities in the world. And you know what I figured? I got on the plane in Orlando traveling alone. And my phone gave me one of those. There's an air tag traveling with you. And I'm like, well, yeah. How does I'm it on know that? How, do, how? I think if there's an air tag within reach of your phone that's not registered to you, it notifies you, which I did not know. Hmm. Which is awesome. That is great. But also, yes. if the guy next to me has an air tag, yeah, we're on a plane. We're traveling together. Of course, there's an air tag. Tra- I'm sure there's several air tags traveling with me. And then I landed in Minneapolis and I got my phone buzzed again that there was an air tag traveling with me but we were all getting off the plane and then i like turned down a side like a little side terminal entirely by myself because my flight was delayed like two hours and it buzzed again so then i clicked on it and it opened up a map from where that air tag was first picked up with me to where i was standing and it was like the tram in orlando to where i was standing right now so then i was like what and of course, because I'm sheltered in Montana, and I was like, oh, I wonder if someone just dropped something and like my bag was underneath someone's seat. So like well, logical, maybe they dropped right? like the non-criminal yeah. mind. So then at like eleven o'clock at night in the Minneapolis airport, I'm like dumping my bag out and I don't find anything. And this airport security guy came over and was like, Did you lose something? Because I'm sure it looked I'm like frantically dumping my bag out. And so then I told him and he was like, well, let's dig through everything. And on the bottom of my, I carry a Kuyu day pack as my carry-on bag because it's the best carry-on bag ever made. But on the bottom, there's a zipper that you can access. You can stuff a rain fly or you can access the front pocket that I've never used. And he unzipped that and a little black square fell out and it was an air tag wrapped in black gaff tape. And I was just like, what? No way. So then, of course, you like start to backtrack. And I was thinking about the tram. And sure enough, I on the tram, like going between terminals in Orlando, I remember it stopped and someone slammed into the back of me. And I was like, I bet that's when it happened. And I was wearing a hoodie and I'm all of five foot nothing and a buck 15. I probably looked like a kid traveling alone. Like I probably looked a lot younger than I am. Yeah. But what's the next step? Like, I'm so sheltered that I don't even know what happens after that. Now you like follow me home. Now you know where I live. Yeah. Like, and then a van pulls up. I don't know. Florida, man. (laughs) Ladies. That's crazy, though. Florida is just as sketch as they tell you. Stay strapped or get clapped. (laughs) That's what it is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly apparently what it is. Carry a tourniquet and a blade. Yeah. And right? a gun. <laughs> All times. Know how to use them. That's the lesson there. Yeah. My goodness. Yeah. But that's not normal. No. Like I well, I mean. No, shell- no stalkers. No. Not very minimal weirdos for what I've seen of other people. Other people I know. Other women in this industry. Holy. The, the shit they're sent is just like blows my mind. I don't get any of that stuff. Like yeah, I think I really yeah. skirted around a lot of that weird gross. Maybe not. I mean, the more your name's out there, the more that it could happen though, you know? It's, I mean, it's just a matter of time before I disappear into the woods forever, whoa, my friend. Well, yeah, that's <laughs> that's all of our goal, I think. Um I've even contemplated getting a typewriter. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> There's a lot of times that I'll do most my best work is offline. I just write it on my laptop and No, I meant I like typewriter in the shack on the woods and write my own manifesto but i'm just kidding 
Man, that's very Lincoln, Montana of you. (laughs) (laughs) But no, yeah, we all want to disappear into the woods and run around barefoot and do all that kind of stuff. I mean, that's that's why we do what we do and why we're here right now talking about this kind of stuff is because deep down, we just want to go back to our primal roots. But uh, instead, we're here under the constraints of modern society and just dip our toe into that little little pool of that but yeah no (laughs) that's messed up though i still can't get over that the air tag weird like the one was stocky and it was like okay this is an individual like a fringe outlier the other one sounds like serious like straight up serious yeah that's that's human trafficking right there and even like weird stalker guy i feel like he was absolutely harmless he just didn't know like i feel like there was just like a weird social boundary that he was just like I don't know about I that. I don't know if this is inappropriate. Like now I'm in a whatever, I'm in an event and you're in an event and the number no, the phone number thing is just still creepy. That's just creepy. He there, there was a line stuff. that was crossed from the moment he decided to take your phone number. Yeah. And then text you on it. It'd be one thing if you <laughs> gave it to him, right? Totally different story. Yeah. Totally different yeah. story. But yeah. that was not the case. Uh, and that's that's lines that were crossed. Hopefully this dude listens to that, he hears that, and learns from it. I think he was mortified. At the end of the day, I think he was like, uh. And then I just wanted to be like, you know what? The picture that he sent me, I'm like, there. I'm struggling with more luggage than any human being. Be a gentleman. Go over and offer to carry something. Yeah. 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 Don't just watch me struggle and take a picture. Like, if you're going to stalk, at least carry my shit. Or or (laughs) take the picture and laugh at you. Yeah. But either way, either be a gentleman or laugh about it. But yeah, yeah, I get it. All right. Well, it's been fun um, rambling all over the place, really. I don't even. Yeah, this this accomplished nothing other than rambling all over the but place. Sometimes it's fun. So <laughs> uh, great to meet another mycophile. Uh, somebody wants to read your content, reach out to you, give you an article that you'll never read. Sorry, that was a little sick. <laughs> um, anything like that. Where can they find you? Where can they stalk you on social media? All that good stuff. Well, I'm the only Rochelle Schrute in the world, so I'm not hard to find since that name is made up. Uh, I'm on the socials. (laughs) Uh, Gear Junkie, you can find me there. Um, I think there's a link to my email if you want to send me an article I'll never read. Yep. Um, Yeah. Which, that's a burn. A well-deserved burn. It's fine. It's not a big deal. I'm not upset about it. I just wanted to throw it in there. I promise I'm, I'm not upset. I'm not sad at all about it. Okay. Um, <laughs> but yes, if you would like to pitch me articles or send me writing or whatever, it will get in the pile of 300 other emails for the day that I may or may not get to. Yeah, Gear Junkie. You can find me. That's all right. where I'm at. Gear Junkie. Instagram. Whatever. Michelle Stroot. Only one in the world, yeah. folks. All right. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, it's a blast. Once again, thank you so much for listening to the Publicly Challenged podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. And if you did, please subscribe on whatever platform it is you're listening to. Also, if you could leave a review, that would help us out. And you can check us out on Instagram, or at publiclychallenge.com. And once again, thank you so much for listening to the show.